Just praying, though, that it won't be like Rebecca when she said that she had uh, two in, in her warring fighting. So I'm hoping there's no warring fighting of nationalities within me tonight as we uh, get here, get ready to preach. But it's a great time. Thank you so much for the food, the fellowship, for dressing up. What a great time that is when we think about uh, every place we're from and how the Lord loves us all and how the Lord's working in our lives. and going to do some great things in us and through us and with us. I think about this church and think about what God's going to do uh, this next year in missions if we just are willing to surrender our lives to him and let God have control. And, you know, little is much when God's in it and we just yield to him, let him have his will. I want you to turn your Bibles to Second Kings chapter 7. I'll try to be brief tonight so that we can get uh, all cleaned up and get back home and get back here tomorrow morning. Second Kings chapter 7. We'll start reading with verse number one. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said one to another, Why set we here until we die? And we say, uh, if we say we will enter into the city when the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we set here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. And the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses and even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went to one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porters of the city and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents as they were. Let's have prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask now that you'll take this little passage, Lord, help us to break it down and and become meaningful to us, Lord, and and just see what great things you can do. And these things ask in your name. Amen. I'd like to title the message tonight, Why Sit? Until we die. The city of Samaria was under siege by Ben-Hadad, king of Syria. In fact, Syria now had run out of food. 
and they were beginning to starve. In fact, it was so bad that some people even resorted to cannibalism. There are four men sitting at the entering of the gate. They're just on the outside of the city. They're sitting there at the gate, and the Bible says they're leprous men. They're not ordinary men. They're leprous men. They're lepers. That's why they're outside the city. Leprosy in scriptures is a type of the sinner. This leper, these lepers had a death sentence. Until, uh, unless a miracle would take place, they were going to die. They would die of their leprosy. And you know, all of us are sinners. We had absolutely no help, hope until we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We're just like those lepers. We had no hope. We're just going to die. And we're going to go off in eternity in hell. Well, these lepers had a radical decision to make. They said, shall we sit here outside the city till we die? Or should we go inside the city hoping that there might be something in there that will sustain our life a little longer? Or should we go into the camp of the Syrians and hope that maybe they'll have mercy on us and give us a little food? But if they don't and they kill us, what does that matter? We're going to die anyways. We said here we die. We go in the city, we die. We go to the Sumerians. We may die, but we might not die. So let's go to Samaria. Let's, let's try and see if the Syrians will take care of us. Let's see if they might just help us out. And so they made their way out into the camp of the Syrians. You know, these lepers, they were doing something that they weren't really sure was going to work out. But they did know that there wasn't a lot of choice. There wasn't much they could do. And if they wanted to live, they're going to have to put themselves maybe in harm's way. So they decided to do that. There are 7 billion people in the world today. They're dying at a rate of one every 20 seconds. I was born in 1953, so I went back and calculated... Uh, approximately 70 million people have died since I've been born, since I've been on this world. 70 million people or more. How many people die daily in this county, in this city? What are we doing about reaching people for Christ? Most of what we do is really just talk about what we think we should do. We're not really doing everything we can do, but we're sure thinking about it, and we're talking about it. And these three men are sitting outside the gate talking about it. Well, what should we do? Should we go in the city? Should we stay here? Should we go to the Syrians? What should we do? They were talking about it. So then they took action. So my question today is, why sit we here until they die? Why are we going to just sit here until the people all around us die? And when they die, they go off in eternity in hell. Why would we sit here when people all around the world need Jesus Christ? I mean, how much are we really praying about lost people in other countries and other nations? How much are we praying for people in our own town, own city? How much, how much of a burden do we really have to reach the lost? These lepers had to make a decision. And they were either going into the walled city and starve... Or stay where they were and starve. Or take a chance the Syrians would be merciful and give them food. So what are they going to do? We're in a world today 
that many people feel as if there's no hope. They look around and, and to them life's not worth living. In fact, many people will say to you, I don't believe there's a hell. Hell's right here on earth. That's all, all, they, can, that, all they think. They can't see anything good. And so they just have no hope. They're looking for hope. They're searching for hope. But they're not going to find it where they're at. But they can find it through Jesus Christ. But they won't find it unless we take the message to them. We have to show them that there's hope. And one way we show people there's hope is by a changed life. We're excited about the fact that we're saved. We're excited about the fact that Jesus gave his life for us and we put our faith and trust in him. Our lives have begun to change and people see that in our actions. They see it in our, our faces. They see it in how we make our decisions and the things that we do. There's joy. There's peace. The people say, you must have hope. I don't have any hope. I can't see an end to the rat race. I can't see an end to, to all the troubles in this world. and It's just all going to be a terrible thing. They don't see hope. But there's a lot of hope. The lepers seemed as if they had no hope. But there was hope, and they had to just step out and find it. And, you know, there's hope for this world, and we can bring them that hope. We can bring them that hope through our prayers. We can bring them that hope through our witnessing. We can bring them that hope through our giving. You know, I'm just looking at this group tonight, and there's so many different nations, countries represented. Can you imagine you win people, maybe your family, in another country to the Lord, and then they get excited about the things of God, and a missionary comes along, plants a church, and then more people get saved, and more people get saved. And that's how it works. One person reaching another person. And then that person reaches somebody else. Why? Because they see hope in them. They see a hope there. They see a way. You know, these lepers are going to die unless there's a miracle taking place. And there is a miracle. Jesus Christ gave his life for us. The miracle of salvation. We're in a world today that the people are, are so down and so discouraged. They're trying everything that might bring just a little glimpse of hope. And we have that hope. The best way to have hope and to bring hope to people is starting Bible-believing Baptist churches. Sending missionaries to start Bible-believing Baptist churches. Evangelist and evangelism, that's great, but it needs to come from a church that's planted in every town and every village. That's where it needs to come from. You know, there's a lot of evangelists out there doing their own thing, but it's not going to last. You need a church. We need churches planted. We need to send our missionaries to plant churches so that there's something there permanent. Because you know fairly well that you don't get saved the first time you hear the gospel. In most cases, it takes a while. And if there's a church there, they have a while. They have the opportunity. They can hear the message. They have someone to go to. The lepers made the most important decision of their lives. They said, we're going to go. We're going to take a chance. We're going to step out. We're going to go to the camp of the Syrians. If they kill us, they kill us. But it's better than starving to death. What can we lose? So they stepped out. You know, often we allow the world to scare us from going all out for Jesus. What do we have to lose? We're not to be afraid of men. What do we have to lose to witness at work? What do we have to lose witnessing to our neighbors? 
What does a missionary have to lose when he goes to a country and tries to establish a church and maybe people reject him? What is there to lose? They, they're going to go to hell anyways. We need to take the message. We need not to be afraid to take the word of God out to people. And especially in the fact that we're trusting the Lord in all this. Now, they arrive at the camp and there's nobody there. The Syrians are gone. At first, they think maybe it's a trap. But it's not a trap. They're gone. The Syrians thought that they heard the, the soldiers of the, of the Hittites and the soldiers of the Egyptians coming after them. So they figured Israel must have sent somebody to get help. And, and so now they've, they've, uh, uh, they decide, we, we better get out of here. We're all going to die. So they left. And lepers go in and they find food, all kinds of food. And they gorge themselves with the food. And they find gold and silver and raiment. And it says they went to one tent and they hid it. Then they went to another tent and found more food and more gold and more silver and more raiment. And they hid that. And they kept doing this until finally one of them said, we do not well. There are people back in that city. They're dying right now as we speak. And we got the food to feed them. We got the answer to their problem. We got the answer to, to life for them. We can make it so they'll live. We can give them an opportunity here. And I imagine one of them said, well, why should we? They wouldn't help us. They wouldn't give us food. They wouldn't even let us in the city. Why should they? I mean, we're still hungry. Let's get all the food first before we say anything to them. They're not going to believe us anyways. They're just going to think it's a trap. They're not going to believe what we have to say. If they're so concerned, they'll find the food for themselves. If God wanted them to have the food, he'd tell them there's food out here. And they'd find it. It's not our responsibility. No doubt there's all kinds of excuses thrown up because, you know, they want it for themselves. They're just enjoying what they have. But it comes back to them, we're not doing good here. Whether we want to accept it as our responsibility or not, it's our responsibility And we need to at least tell them. They can do whatever they want with it. We can take it to them and they can say, no, we don't believe it. That's up to them. But it's our duty to take the message. It's our duty to tell them there's food here. And I think that that certainly applies to us. That it's our duty as born again believers, as a church, it's our duty to take the message. It's our duty to tell the lost people, well, they're not going to listen to me. doesn't matter. You still, it's not your responsibility whether they listen or not. It's your responsibility to take the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The Lord never told us to save anybody. He'll do the saving. He just tells us to take it out. We're to take the message. We're to give the message. We're to send the message. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, the Lord knew that not everybody could go all over the world preach the gospel. But as a group of people, we can send people to take the gospel. And that's what he's talking about. It's up to us to send people to take the gospel into all the world. And how do we do that? We have to do it through giving. We have to give for that to happen. We have to give to missions so that missionaries can be supported and sent, so that churches can be planted. You know, it won't be long before the churches that this church has started will probably have as many or more missionaries than you have. And when you start putting it together, 
I mean, you got a Spanish work. How many missionaries they support? You know, probably more than five, right? All right, 20. There's 20 more than, than what you have now. And Brother Newberger will have missionaries soon, if he doesn't already. And he'll have missionaries. Down the road, he'll have 20 and 30 missionaries. And other works that you've started are going to start. They'll have missionaries. And so your giving to plant churches is going to make it possible for even more missionaries to be supported. Even more work to be done. Even more people in your community to be reached. Because there will be more of outreach. So starting churches is a great thing for missionaries. Because it allows more support. It allows more opportunities. More prayer support. More people will be burdened for the work. And so the, these lepers, they're thinking this thing through and they're realizing we have to do something. I mean, we might have excuses, but we have to tell them. You know, we might, we might have those excuses. We might say, well, I don't have it to give. Um, you know, if God wants them saved, they'll be saved. Those are all bad excuses. The Lord told us to take the message to everybody. I mean, I believe that everybody can be saved. For God so loved the world. The world. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We take the message. It's up to them to receive or reject. But it's up to us to take the message of Jesus Christ to them. So I can hardly handle what I'm doing now. How could I do more? Well, by faith. By trusting God. By letting God have control. We just can't sit back and let people go to hell without having a church to hear the word of God from. See, they said we can't just stay the same. We do not well. We've got to increase our outreach. We can't stay the same this year and next year. We have to do more. There's a greater need. We're closer to the return of Christ. We have to do something. We have to send more missionaries. We have to give more. We have to encourage people to help others to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out. We need to be example. We need to show others what we can do through Christ. The cults, they're not staying the same. They're putting out more money. They're recruiting more people. The Mormons have over 30,000 young men out knocking doors every day. No doubt you've had Jehovah Witness knock at your door a few times. You know, they're everywhere. They're doing everything they can to take their message out. Their message is a false message. I mean, we have a great message. We have the truth. We have the way to salvation. We need to wake up. People in the city are dying. People in the country are dying. We need to take the message. The Lord's coming back soon. We need to get it out. Like the leper, we can't just... Set back and not do anything because we have what the world needs. We have the spiritual food. We have spiritual life. We have the gospel. We need to count the cost if we don't take the gospel to a lost and dying world. What's the cost? The cost of not reaching the lost is death and hell for them. The cost is that we will grow cold and we will grow bitter and we will become selfish 
will be like the church of Jerusalem began to become because they didn't take the message out. They started arguing and fighting and false doctrines started entering in because they didn't do what God told them to do. As we do what God says, we get excited about reaching the lost. We get excited about what God can do. He refreshes us. He renews us. He strengthens our church. He strengthens our life. There is nothing more exciting. There is nothing greater than seeing somebody get saved. And then they come to church and they're so excited. I mean, they're just so excited about hearing the message. They're telling the preacher, why can't you preach longer? And everybody else is saying, I wish he'd get done faster. And they say, I want you to preach all the time. Can't we have church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? You know, can't we have extra Bible studies? They're all excited, man. They're so excited about the things of God. And you know what that does to us? It puts us to shame. You know, we go, man, I was that way. And I can be that way again. I can get excited about what Jesus is doing. Start winning some people to the Lord. Start sharing the gospel. Remember this. It's up to God to save them. It's up to you to take the message. I think there's just greater reward for that person that shares the gospel. Maybe doesn't win the person the Lord, but they shared the gospel because they did what God told them to do. And he'll do the saving. So God has supplied the bread. He supplied the spiritual bread. It's up to us now to distribute it. These lepers had all the food. It was up to them. Just go back and say, here's some food. It's right out there. The Syrians have left. It's all there for the taking. And that was the prophecy. The prophecy was that the food that was so scarce that you couldn't even buy would now only cost a few shekels. And that everybody could have all they wanted. And the guy said, that's not ever going to happen. And he said, well, it's going to happen. You'll hear about it, but you'll never see it. You know, I hope that we don't have an attitude. That's not going to happen. We're not going to be able to reach that many people. We're not really going to be able to do that. I hope we don't have that attitude. I hope we can believe that God can do great things through us. That it's not us, it's God. That as we yield ourselves, just like the, uh, the widow did with the oil, she gave what she had and God filled up all those vessels. About the, the lady that had the meal in the oil and she was going to die and she gave some of it to the man of God and God supplied the need until the famine was all over with. The little boy that had the five loaves and two fishes, he brings them to the Lord. And they said, well, what good is that going to do? There's 5,000 men here that need to be fed. But the Lord took the little the boy had, multiplied it, and it fed everybody. And there were 12 baskets left over. It wasn't the little boy, but it was his willingness to give what he had. And God took over. Let's just remember, if you give what you have, God's going to take over. Give yourself to God and he's going to take over. And he's going to do what needs to be done. Time is short. We can't sit here and let time go by. They said, you know, if we wait here, some mischief will come upon us. Maybe the Syrians will come back. We'll be killed. And the people will never know there's food here. And they'll all die. We can't wait. We got to go back and tell them. It doesn't matter what they think. We got to go tell them. You know, we can't wait. Life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time. And vanisheth away. The fields are white, all ready to harvest. The people in Samaria were perishing every minute. The people in this world are perishing every minute. The lepers had the answer. They had the problem. They had the food. It'd be criminal to withhold that food. And if we withhold the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's just as criminal. 
We can't wait for a more convenient time because a more convenient time might be too late. We need to do what God says to do and we need to do it now. If we wait for the more convenient time, it could be very inconvenient for those who need. Let's make sure we take the gospel to the lost and dying world. Are we doing well? Like the lepers, we have what the world needs. Maybe they won't receive what we have. Maybe we'll take it to them and they'll say, I don't want it. I don't want to hear it. Maybe they'll slam a door in your face or, or crumple up the track and throw it down. Maybe that's what will happen, but at least you presented it. You let them know that there's a way, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one way to heaven, and you can get there through God's Word. But what a tragedy it would be if we never offered it to them. We never gave them that opportunity. My question tonight is, what are we doing? Are we doing well? Are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we willing just to give of ourselves to Him? You know, everything we have is God's. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. Everything I have is God's. It belongs to Him. Now I just need to yield it to Him. Let's stand with our heads bowed. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks tonight. What a great night this has been. What a blessing, fellowship and food. But I pray, Lord, that the message would speak to our hearts, that we would understand that you've only given us a limited amount of time. Maybe the time is because we might not live a whole lot longer. Or maybe you'll come back. Or maybe that person that needs to be saved that we have an opportunity to talk to doesn't have a lot of time. That, Lord, we might take the message you've given to us, the bread of life to a lost and dying world. That we do everything we can through our prayers, through our giving, and through our personal witnessing. That the souls might be saved, Lord. People's lives would be turned and they would also become soul winners and reach many for you. These things I ask in your name. Amen. With our heads bowed as the pastor comes and